Word of God is alive. Everybody say the Word of God's alive in me. And I certainly do appreciate the Word of God and glad, you know, I'm really glad, you know, that God has given me His Word. For years and years, I traveled around the world as, a, as an evangelist, a healing evangelist, laying hands on people and praying for people, and I still believe that. And, you know, I had big tents, and it took six tractors and trailers to haul these, this tent on, and it, we had, we cared about 5,000 chairs um, in the big van. I, I think one or two vans carried the chairs alone. And, you know, we'd go up and go and set up in cities. Um, you know, we set up in Philadelphia. We set up in Baltimore. We set up in Atlanta, Birmingham, Phoenix, uh, San Diego. I could go on and on and on. And, you know, people came. And, um, you know, those meetings started out you know, we would go sometimes four or five weeks, sometimes six. But as time progressed, you know, we got them down to 17 days, then 10 days, and then five days. And then it just got, got it was just really getting hot. <laughs> and so we started going to auditoriums. But one day God just changed the, the, the direction of my life and, and uh, just wanted me to uh, a pastor. And so... You know, that's what I'm doing. I, I just love pastoring people. And uh, I thank God that I can be obedient to the will of God. How many want to be obedient to the will of God? Well, bless you and the internet that has just turned on or you that are turning on later. Uh, I just pray this morning that the Holy Spirit will be with you. And um, I, I want every one of you in this room and every one of you that's watching to know that the Lord has really been talking to me this week. And boy, I'm telling you, I, I wrestle with this message. I, um, I, I sent it to Cheryl last night. And Cheryl, I, I've got some changes in here. So if you can't follow me, I'm sorry, dear. Um, but um, I, um, I, 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 this week, you know, since I've been back from the Philippines, it's like I've just been in a revival in my heart. And... Um, uh, God just began to deal with me, and and so I, I, last night before I went to bed, I I thought, well, I, I, I'm just not going to preach this message. It's just I'm just not going to preach this message today. I'll get up in the morning and uh, real early, which I did. I I woke up. The clock didn't wake me up. The clock woke me up very early this morning. So I went in to change it and do something else. But you know, the Lord said, I put this in your heart. Don't be afraid. Be bold and be strong. So uh, I just decided, but I did make some changes, uh, Cheryl. And uh, I don't think it's any major ones. I maybe just reworded some things. But I'll tell you, I, I, I believe it's time for Christians to be Christians. Come on. I believe it's time for Christians to be Christians. Christians should live a different lifestyle than the people of the world. I got 13 that's rights, but uh, you know, the Christians should live a different lifestyle than the people of the world live. I got three this time, so uh, anyway, maybe I ought to keep saying it. Uh, God is good, isn't he? All the time. All the time. 
Well, Father, this morning we come into the throne room of grace, and once again I'm grateful, I'm thankful for another privilege and another opportunity to stand before you and these wonderful people and whoever is watching with us on the internet, God, I just pray that somehow in this service that you will speak through my lips, anoint me to speak your words, and not necessarily maybe what I've prepared, but what you prepare. That's what I want. And I pray, Lord, that you'll open every mind, every heart, and somehow let people see that we're not here just to be traditional, just to have a form of godliness, but we're here to love you, to serve you, to praise you, to worship you, to speak words of life that'll bring help and healing and deliverance to people that need change in their life. And I ask God that uh, somehow, in some way, this will not be just a service, but this will be a time that heaven will come down on every person that's a part, whether they're in the chapel here or whether they're somewhere else in the world. And Father, we give you glory, we give you praise for a mighty anointing flowing in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, um, today my, my topic is, in your weakness, Jesus is your strength. In your weakness or my weakness, Jesus is your strength. And we all have moments of weakness. We all have moments because we're emotional beings. We're human beings. And there's times that there's, there's a weakness of sometimes that, that we encounter. But when we're encountering, encountering a weakness, God will be there with us. He's always, he's always promised us to be there. You know... Let me just start out today that things are continually changing around us. People change. Seasons change. Unfortunately, our churches are changing and our ministers have changed in the wrong direction. Many, many have, not all. Technology changes constantly and something is new in the cyber world every minute and it's happening so fast that you and I cannot keep up with the change that's going on in our cyber world. Folks, it's almost frightening what's going on in our cyber world. Our cyber world seems to know everything about us. And you know, when the Antichrist is revealed, some people don't realize, but it's through, it's through this right here and the internet that the Antichrist is going to have his display and the whole world will be able to see him. And when the two prophets are lying in the street that the Bible talked about, this right here is where the whole world will see those two prophets that's lying in the street. So I want you to know that sometimes we come to church and and um, you know we're we're half at church and and half at lunch or half at church and half in our problems or sometimes we're half at church and 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 wondering when it's going to be over or where am I going to lunch or maybe thinking about your grocery list or all kinds of things. But you know we need to really come into the house of God. And when we come into the house of God, even before the service starts, we need to be pressing in for something to to happen 
in you, not just somebody else. Don't say, Lord, let somebody get the blessing. You know, you need, I need uh, to be ready and to be saying, this is not just going to church today and having a form. We're going in to worship the Lord. We're going in to say, I love you, Jesus. We're going in to say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me and delivering me. And I want to be more like you than I've ever been in my whole life. You know, even though there are many changes taking place in our world, one thing for sure. Everybody say one thing for sure. One thing for sure. Say one thing for sure. One thing for sure. You say, well, what is it? I'm just about to tell you. I'm glad you asked. Malachi 3 says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. That is why you are already that is why you are not listen that is why you are not already destroyed for my mercy endures forever. You know, the changes that's taking place in our world, the changes that's taking in place in the church for the wrong direction. Uh, this is this is something that really resonates in my heart. He said I am the Lord, I do not change. And then Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then we read in Hebrews 13 and 5, for God said, I will never fail you nor forsake you. Wow, what three things I've just combined here from the scriptures and told you that God will never, Jesus said, I'll never forsake you. I'll never forsake you or fail you or forsake you. Isn't that good news today? So we need to concentrate and think about this. And and just uh, uh, you know just 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 I think it was this this week uh, out in California a great pastor of a mega church could not could not or did not or wouldn't allow himself to face his challenges and took his own life. This is sad, folks. This should not be happening in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know the suicide rate in the church is almost as much as it is in the world but this pastor of a mega mega church and 30 years old pastor the stress and everything that he was allowing to take him over took his own life and now his family's devastated his church is devastated folks what is it it's nothing but the enemy that's trying to come against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and saying you're no better than the world he's trying to creep in on every side that he can everywhere there's a weakness if we don't let Jesus Jesus be our strength. He's trying to weep. He's trying to get into our ear and begin to whisper to us and tell us you're nothing. You're no good. You'll never be anybody. You'll never make it to heaven. He's trying to tell us everything. I want to tell you one thing. He is a liar and the Bible said that he is the father of all lies. You and I don't have time to listen to the lies of the enemy. We have to listen. We need to listen to the voice of the Lord. Is anybody with me here today? And you know, uh, not long ago too, a young man that I knew 
uh, of another mega church in Orlando. Uh, just just went up in New York, rented a hotel room, and and took his own life of a mega church uh, in 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 Florida, and it just devastated again the family. It devastated the church, and and it took a long time to get that church gathered back together with the new pastor because it was such a heartbreak and such a blow that a man that was preaching so much faith, so much truth. All at once, somehow, let the enemy lie to him that he couldn't handle it, that he couldn't stand. Well, there's times you can't handle it. There's times I can't handle it. There's times that I can't stand. But you know what? The Holy Ghost comes on the inside of me and he gives me the power to stand. You know, I, 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 I'll admit I didn't stand in the spot that those men stood in. I don't know what their struggles were. I don't know what their struggles were. I don't know if it was one of them was addictions. But I'll tell you one thing, no matter what your struggles are, if we surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I just read to you out of the Bible where he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. See, we had a friend of 35 years, almost 40 years. He was a powerful preacher of the word. We loved him and we went on vacations together. Uh, they came to our house we, when we lived in Tennessee. They came to our house. We went to their house. There was another friend we had in Knoxville and we all met together once a month either in Knoxville or Chattanooga or Atlanta and we had fellowship and we prayed and we spent a couple of days together. We did this for, for years uh, until I moved to Texas. And uh, anyway, we, we were great friends and he was a great word preacher. But somewhere, somewhere, somehow, you know, he fought cancer for, I, I guess, 15 years. And one day, the cancer finally got got more control over his body and he went to heaven and and you know his wife was very close to us we loved her and this pastor has preached here a number of times she's been here many times and uh you know uh uh, after his death, she'd call me up and talk to me, and she said, "Don, I just don't want to live without." Uh, she called his name. I don't want to live without him. And I said, "You know what? He, he went to heaven. He's okay." I said, "You got the word of God." I said, "He taught you the word. You've taught the word. I've heard you teach the word. I've heard you stand up before hundreds of people and declare the word. So don't give me that stuff out of your mouth. Greater is He that's within you than He that's within the world." She'd be all right for a few days and she'd call back. She said, Donna, just can't make it. I can't make it. I can't make it without him. And she was left with millions of dollars. She didn't have a need. So, so money doesn't always suffice. So money doesn't always suffice. Let me say it the third time. Money doesn't always suffice. Some people said, if I had their money. No, it takes the Oh, it takes the word of God. He said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Somebody help me out here today. I'm telling you, I'm so angry at the devil. I'm so mad at the devil. I want you to know the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to rise in spite of what the devil is doing. God's power and God's anointing is greater than anything the devil can throw at us. 
We may lose some, as I said. Uh, we may lose some along the way, that, that, and we won't condemn them. We won't criticize them. We don't know what they were going through. But I'll tell you one thing. I believe God's not going to get you. God's not going to get you. Satan's not going to get you. I, my, my apology. Satan is not going to get you. God's got you. You're in his hand, and Satan is not going to take you out of his hands. I think I need to visit the Philippines again. No, just kidding. Anyway, she would keep calling. She'd keep calling. One day, one day, I, uh, nobody in the family that was left, a son and a daughter that was left, didn't bother to call me, but I saw it on Facebook where she, was, where she had gone on. And uh, come to find out, there was a voice message on my phone because we were overseas and she was telling me she was going to take her own life. And she took her own life. Just a young woman had everything in the world to live for, but she didn't want to face the pressures of life. Let me tell you something. God, when the devil begins, you know, suicide is big in our world. And as I said, it's almost as big in the church as it is in the world because people say, I just can't face the things that we have to face today. Let me tell you one thing. Jesus went to the cross and he faced everything there was to face. And when we put our help, help our hearts, our minds, ourselves in the hands of Jesus, through Jesus Christ, we can walk through anything. Amen. Through the waters, through the flood. He said he'd never leave us. Can you say amen? amen? God will be our strength. God will be our strength in times of weakness. However, it's a decision that you and I must make to allow him or let him be our strength. He won't be there if we don't give him an opportunity. We'll be like others that walk away or get mad or discouraged or take their own life. And sometimes, as I said well ago, there's some things that's just so tough, that's just so hard. You don't, you, you can't make it on your own. But he said, I'll be your strength. I'll be your strength. See, you need the Holy Ghost to be your strength. The Holy Spirit will be you, be your strength. See, I believe there's a lot of people that have prayed Romans 8 and uh, 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 Romans chapter 10, eight, verses 8 and 9. But uh, uh, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that the Lord is Jesus has been raised from the dead, you shall be saved. I believe a lot of people have confessed that, but in their hearts, they really haven't really had the change. They really, hasn't, they really haven't gotten to know who Jesus is. They just said it with their mouth, and their hearts yet has not had the change. Folks, I don't want to just have people confessing that and saying that. I want to see people have the reality and revelation of Jesus Christ living on the inside where a major change takes place when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ. It did to me, it changed me. When Jesus came in my heart, when Jesus came in my life, it changed me. Psalms 46 and 1. God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble. Once again, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready. Yes, he is. Amen. 
always ready to help in the time of need. Wow, isn't that something? God is always ready to help in the time of need. So the devil may be telling you that God's not real. He may be telling you you prayed and it didn't work. You gave, nothing happened. You tithed and the windows of heaven didn't open up. Somebody left you, somebody hurt you, somebody forsook you. No matter what the devil says, you got to go back to the word of God. Psalms 46 and 1, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of need. And then Psalms 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him. He helps me. My heart leaps for joy. And with song I praise Him. With song I praise Him. This morning in song we were praising Him. I'll tell you these here on the platform, even uh, Rosa couldn't stay on the keyboard. She got so so excited she couldn't even stay on the keyboard. She had to leave the keyboard and get up here and have herself a dance, have herself a song. I'm telling you folks, that's the way it happens. It gets so real, you can't be yourself anymore your normal self because God my goodness somebody say thank you Jesus oh I love this my heart trusts in him and he helps me my heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him you know I made a I made a statement here Tuesday night that I never made before but I was sitting writing some notes and and things just kind of slid together and I was talking about Wednesday night Tuesday night here on the webcast I was talking about breaking chains and when I was talking about breaking in chains I said your chains can break your praise or your praise can break your chains your chains can break your praise or your praise can break your chains I think it's time for our praise to break the chains of the devil and let the devil know that we're not lying down we're not giving up we're not letting him override us and no matter what changes is taking place in the church and the world and cyberspace the word of God is alive it's active it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it goes to the joints and the marrow and it'll heal you everywhere you hurt is anybody here today is anybody here today see there's so much change that's taken place in the church in the last 10 years and a lot of our ministers today are agreeing well, the cultures and lifestyles of people living in sin and saying it's okay because they say the grace of God covers everything. You know, I've been listening to a preacher on the internet for a long time and I've liked his messages, but I was watching him this week and, and when he got through and he was, he was mentioning adultery and he was mentioning so many things, but he said all of this is okay. Because the grace of God covers you. He said, you won't go to hell for it. The grace, well, you won't go to hell for it if you repent. Yeah. 
the grace of God will cover you. Even one of our great men of God that I've had so much respect for, and I've preached in his church many times in another part of the world, he said, you don't even have to pray First John 1 and 9 anymore if we confess our sins. He's faithful, into, he's faithful to forgive us because your sins are already forgiven at Calvary. Well, sure they are, but you've got to repent of them, and you've got to turn away from them. Folks, well, coming to Jesus is not just a party. It is a party, but it's more than a party. It's a change of lifestyle. It's a change of masters. It's a change of saviors. So you're going to serve somebody. You're going to serve somebody. And one, when you come to Jesus, you no longer serve the devil. You serve God. we got to realize in the church God can't look on sin see somehow the the culture as I said many of our ministers have 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 become culture relevant and this is what we're going to do we're going to become they said we're going to become culture you know we got to be like the world so we can get them in here well we got to be different from the world See, in the last 10 years, as I said, things has really changed. But God does not look on and does not condone sin. I don't care who it is. Whether it's a pastor, whether it's an evangelist, whether it's a prophet, it doesn't matter to me. God can't look on it. See, when Jesus was on the cross, he took on his he took on the sins of the world, your sins, my sins, the sins of the past. He took them on. And what happened? God couldn't look on Christ no longer. And Jesus said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? God could not look upon sin. Jesus took our sin upon him. The father just could not face and look upon sin because God is not a God of sin. God is a God of holiness. I'm not trying to be better. I'm not putting myself better than somebody else. And, you know, because uh, I, I'm just telling you that God is calling us out. The word church means called out. It comes from a Greek word. And that Greek word means called out. So we're to be called out of sin. We're to be called out of darkness. We're to be called out of an old lifestyle and called in into a new lifestyle that has the life and light of the Lord Jesus Christ and the conduct of Christ living in us every day. See, Jesus... God could not look at him because Jesus no longer had the Holy Spirit living in him. He died spiritually on the cross. And Jesus went to hell that you and I don't have to go. But now that doesn't mean there's not a hell. See, some people said, well, if he went to hell that I don't have to go, then, then I just confess Romans 10, 8, and 9, and I'll do whatever I want to do, and then I won't go to hell. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the cross meant. 
Jesus went into hell after he died on the cross and when he walked into hell, you know, on that third day, the Holy Ghost, the Shekinah glory of God. On that third day, the Shekinah glory of God showed up in hell. Satan and his band, Satan and his, his, his cohorts were over there saying, we've won, we've won, we've killed the Son of God, but the Holy Ghost came, entered into the Christ once again, and all at once, Satan said, oh, myself, he couldn't say, oh my God, oh myself, oh myself, oh myself, and Jesus took the keys from Satan, and he said, here is the keys to life, here is the keys to life, I give you these keys, folks, we have the keys, we don't have to commit suicide, and I'm not, I'm not berating anybody, we don't have to commit suicide we don't have to live in sin we don't have to live in darkness because we have the keys to the kingdom of God we were given the keys to the kingdom of God Jesus was the first person to ever be born from spiritual death to spiritual life Jesus was born again and when he came out the Bible said he was the firstborn from the dead so you and I have keys so let's use our keys instead of staying locked. Yes. Amen. Amen. Sin is not to be accepted because many, many of our pastors want to be, a, be relevant and they're afraid they're going to offend someone if they preach about it. Did you know, folks, there's been several couples that's attended this church over the years that when they came, I didn't know. I didn't know they were not, not married. I didn't know they were just living together. But later they came to me. Numbers, I know three couples in, in, came to me and said, you know, we were living together when we came. And I don't talk about this very often, but they said, just listening to you preach on Sunday morning, we got convicted and we went out and got married. Yeah. Somebody said, well, it's not the worst thing in the world. What's happened? The world has accepted the culture of today. But just because the world has accepted our culture, that doesn't mean God has accepted the culture of men. And just because the, the lifestyles of men and women are what they are today, and it's become socially accepted and politically accepted, it doesn't mean it's changed the Word of God and that God has changed His position. God has not changed His position. Sin is sin, and it needs to be talked about. Out. See, just because a man and woman live together and go to church and say they love God, I'm about to get a little stronger here. And because they live in a homosexual lifestyle and go to church and say they love God, this doesn't mean it's not a sin. Now, People that live the, the homosexual lifestyle, and if they were to come in here to church, I wouldn't make fun of them. I would love them with all my heart. I wouldn't run them away. I'd do my best not to hurt their feelings. But I'll tell you one thing, I'll preach the Word of God. 
and the Word of God can change you. My wife gave a testimony of a gentleman over in the Philippines that told her he was sitting right next to us right before I took the pulpit and he started talking to her and he, he, she gave this testimony and you didn't get to hear it. He had been, had been raped by his brothers over and over and over and over and over again till he believed that he was a homosexual and he lived that lifestyle for a long time and then he was just about to get the sex change but somebody came to him and began to witness to him about Jesus and began to tell him about God that loved him and, and that it wasn't God that had caused this thing to happen and it wasn't God that allowed it it was Satan that did it to him he changed his life he has totally changed he has no feminine features to him whatsoever anymore and God just delivered him he's married has children and now he's the preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so so I'm not up here telling you that that I, I'm going to be uh, cross or somewhat uh, mean or angry or, or, or not be nice to people that live in that lifestyle. I'm going to love them. I'm going to care for them and let them know that God loves them. He just doesn't love the sin that they're bound with, whatever it may be. Can you say amen? See, if you love God, you're going to forsake sin. And if you're struggling with something, let God be your strength. I said, if you're struggling with something, let God be your strength. I've struggled before, not in those particular areas, but God's always been my strength. But just because it's not in those areas, it doesn't make me better than somebody else. Sin is sin. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Verse 12, uh, chapter 12, I'm sorry, chapter 12 and verse 9. And he said to me, this is Paul speaking, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now folks, That's either true or not true. My my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Glory to God. So don't just tell me, well, I can't help it. You know, I've told y'all this story a couple of times. I know at least two times, but a friend of mine was counseling this man. He said, I got a spirit of lust. Pastor, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. And he said, he said, uh, well, when, when does the spirit of lust come on you? He said, when I go to the topless bar. Just happened to be, just happened to be that the pastor said, don't you think it'd be wise if you stayed out of the topless bar? Don't you think it'll be a a, a good wisdom to stay out of the, he said, but I like going and looking at them ladies. 
Somebody say amen. Amen. I could say a bunch there, I guess. Might get myself in trouble. Might get myself in trouble. I don't want to get myself in trouble today. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, when people live in sin and they say love God, and they say they love God, and they may be regular church goers. You know what? They love the God they know. Now you're getting quiet there. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, when people are living in sin, living wrong lifestyles, totally opposite of the Scripture, and they say, oh, we love God. Even, even homosexuals. Did you know there's large homosexual churches all around us here in the Metroplex? I mean, there's... They've there's, there's, got hundreds and hundreds of people that attend. We had a couple in our church that came to me and said, Pastor, we're going to leave this church and we're going to start attending. I won't call the name of the church. We're going to start attending this church. I said, are y'all homosexual? I could use the word gay because that's the word today. But it's homosexual. I normally use the word gay, but you know what? I'm just aggravated at the devil today. And I want him to know that I got guts enough to call him what he is, a demon from hell. I'm not calling people a demon from hell. Satan is a demon from hell, and I want no part of him. Well, you know what? They left our church and went there, and their two kids went berserk. They went bonkers because they had no reference of right and wrong. They actually one day brought their pastor. They called me up and said, can we bring our pastor to the church? And I said, yes, because we had Joyce Meyer here, and he wanted to come and hear Joyce Meyer. And, and so... Um, when he came, I met him, of course. Nice gentleman. I mean, you know, great gentleman. And I couldn't understand why he wanted to come in here, Joyce Meyer or anybody else. Oh, well, we preach peace. We preach love. We preach joy. Well, what about against sin? Oh, we preach against sin too. But you see, homosexuality, whether it be men or women involved, it's against what Adam and Eve, how God created one man for one woman. So it's against, it's against the laws and the ordinance of God. God made man and woman to, he said, multiply and replenish. So two women can't multiply. Two men can't multiply. You know that. You're, you're, I don't have to tell you that. But I'm just for the scripture's sake. Somebody said are you preaching against homosexuality? I'm preaching against sin. Not against homosexuality. Sin. Somebody say amen. amen. See. So what happens is. People say they love God but actually they love the God they know because when you know God your life changes 
When you know God, you got a personal relationship with Jesus, your life changes. Is anybody in this room with me? See, if people don't understand what really happened at the cross and the price that Jesus paid for them, someone can still live in that lifestyle, go to church, and say they love God because they don't know the real God. Somebody said, are you standing up there judging them? Nope, just telling you what the Word of God says. See, the cross says, if you love God, this is not what you will do. Now, I want to reiterate, I'm not standing up here condemning people. I'm telling you the truth. And so what happens is, when you lose your intimacy with God, then Satan begins to plant all kinds of ideas in your mind and take you away. Well, this is not sin. This is okay. They do it, and they do it, and they do it, and they do it. I don't care who does it. Doesn't give me a license to do it because someone else does it. And when some preacher gets up, and I don't care how big his crowd or how big he is on television, and he tells me, you know, adultery and all these things won't send you to hell because of the grace of God. Uh, you don't even have to repent, you know. Then uh, I, I'm telling you, I don't care who they are. I'm 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 still going to love these guys, but I'm tell you, I'm not going to preach that. I'm not going to believe that. I believe that when you come to Jesus, you have a heart change. You have a life change. The love of Jesus comes on the inside of you. Is anybody in the room? See, these are the things that preachers and people don't want to talk about. But I believe it needs to be addressed from our pulpits. I believe that's the, why the world is in the place it's in today. Is because our preachers are afraid they're going to offend our conversation. And they're going to go somewhere else. Well, the messages are getting lighter and lighter. And all about joy. All about peace. All about success. Rather than a change of heart. Rather than a change of life. Rather than about Jesus Christ. Not all, not all, not all, but many. You know, uh, sin is dark. Sin is messy. Look what sin does. Sin tears families apart. Sin tears churches apart. Sin causes people to commit suicide. It causes people to live a life of drugs and alcohol and, and dysfunction. Sin is ugly. Sin is messy. Christ is good. Christ looks good. Christ smells good. Christ is good. And they say, well, Pastor Don, I don't, I don't do big sins. I just do little sins every now and then. Well, I understand. We all, we all do little sins. But the thing of it is, when we start acting like we're, we don't ever do anything wrong, we're, 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 we're self-righteous. We miss the mark. But I'm telling you, I'm not talking about these things that take us down the wrong path. I'm talking about getting our life back right with God when we make it. See, you can make it in you you can't make it into heaven just being good. The old time Pentecost
Pentecostals. Let me just talk about this for a little bit. The old time Pentecostals used to talk about this and, and, and you know my mama was a sweet, sweet little Pentecostal woman and she, she never cut her hair the, in her whole life. I mean her hair, I don't know how long it was but she rolled it up in a, in a, what was that? Back then they called it a rat. I don't know what they would call them now, but she'd roll it up around that thing. It was brown and it was long. She'd roll it up and she never cut her hair. She never put any makeup on because she called it bug juice. And uh, uh, she never put any uh, makeup on. And, 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 you know, my mother never wore slacks. She never wore shorts. And, and, and that's okay, but she tried to tell everybody else, that's holiness. That's not holiness. That was just a bunch of ideas that somebody dreamed up. Because, uh, you know, back in the Bible, people had the earrings. And, and, and you know, people looked good in the Bible. So, so but, but they, they thought that was holiness. They, they, they were good people. My mom was a good woman. And, and, and you know, when, we, when I got married, married and brought this beautiful woman home and and you know my my and and her short was a little shorter I guess than mama thought it ought to been uh, um, you know I, I remember mama calling me off in a room said I never believed that you'd bring like somebody like this in my house I said like what mama why? She said, well, she's got lipstick on, she's got short hair, she's got, and, and she's got a short skirt on, it's above her knees. I said, it's not much above her knees, mama. I said, uh, you got your eyes on the wrong thing. Why don't you get to know who she is rather than what she looks like? See, the world, the world judges sometimes by what we look like, but I'm talking about what we do, not what we look like. Amen? I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, but anyway, see, back, back, and then there's still a few of those churches around. There's still a few of those churches around. You know, I knew one guy that preached that so bad, but come to find out, I found out he was, he, he had three or four women on the side and he was having kids with other people other than his wife. And when I faced him with it, you know, he, he got up and blasted me before everybody and said, I was of the Antichrist. It was all right for him to stand up and preach against women not wearing makeup and pants and all of this, but it's okay for him to go to bed with women, folks. I'll tell you, it ain't right. It ain't right. Care who it is, it's not right. <laughs> Somebody said, What happened to you? What happened to you? Nothing happened to me. This has been in me all along. It's the life that I live. But as a pastor, sometimes you just got to stand up, and sometimes you just got to preach something that people need to hear and say, We got to quit following reverence and trying to be reverence and culturally uh, politically correct we gotta go back to the bible we gotta get on the rock we gotta get on the word upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates shall not prevail against it Whew. good works is not gonna get us into heaven my mama was a good woman and that's what got her into heaven. It wasn't because she didn't cut her hair. It wasn't because she didn't wear shorts or, or pants or, or, or whatever. She got into heaven because she lived right. But see, she thought everybody, and a lot of preachers, I remember a lot of preachers used to preach that stuff and scare, pardon me, but they used to scare hell out of me for a few minutes. <laughs> 
those old preachers would scare the hell out of me for a few minutes and I'd run down there and I'd scream and I'd pray to get the hell out of me because I didn't want to go to hell. But I ran down there for fear. I ran down there because they were controlling me through fear. But the next day, I had a cigarette in my hand. I was lying. I was cussing. I was trying to impress everybody because I no longer had the hell scared out of me. I was in it. I was stealing cigarettes for my friends. I was stealing a little bit of money. I was doing all kinds of things. But I go back to church and them preachers get up there and all at once they scare the hell out of me again. I'd run down there thinking I'm getting the hell out of me. All I'm doing is getting rid of that preaching that they had. Go back the next day doing the same thing again. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks. Again, you say, what happened to you, Pastor? <laughs> Nothing. I just, I just this week, I'm telling you, I just had an encounter with God this week. And when I had this encounter with God, you know, as I said last night, I, 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 I just, last night, I, I'd already sent the message to Cheryl. You know, we do this through the internet, and I send her my message, and she puts the scriptures on the screen for you. But I said, no points today, only scriptures. Because I didn't know which one I was going to make. But I was going to change it, but I got up this morning, and the Holy Ghost said, no, I gave you that. Don't be afraid to preach it. Because I think a little fear last night was getting in me. You know, maybe, maybe this is a little too harsh. Even me, the devil's going to telling me. Don't you think it's too harsh? <laughs> See, I, I hear people say they have a problem with God. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they do have a problem with God. But you know what? Most of the time it's not a problem with God that people have. It's a problem with what they see people do that represent God and the evil that people do that hurt them. So they say, if God looks like that, I don't want nothing to do with him. Even Christians sometimes get it messed up sometimes and they say, because I've done wrong, now what's happening to me is God's punishing me. God's not punishing you. Satan, you know, you reap what you sow. See, if people are living in a lifestyle that's against everything the Scripture teaches, now listen to this. Listen to this. If people are living in a lifestyle that's against everything the Scripture teaches, and then you find out your pastor has been sleeping with some other woman other than his wife, and you get all upset and you get all hurt. It's, you, it's all right to get hurt. But then you find out your pastor is, is sleeping with someone. You know, that's not the time to quit God. That's the time to pray for him because he's been deceived. He's let himself or she's let themselves be deceived. And see, that's what Satan is 
doing to the church. He is deceiving people in the church because they did it. It's okay. Because he preached it. It's okay. Because she preached it. It's okay. I don't care who preached it. The word of God is what we got to come back to. See, uh, let me say it again. If, if people are living a lifestyle that's against the scripture, and if it's a pastor, what has happened, they've broken the relationship with God. Yes. And when you break your relationship with God, it's easy to say, it's okay. It's okay. See, Satan will paint you a beautiful picture of what sin is and what it's like but he won't dare show you the consequences he won't dare show you the consequences see you know this woman was saying I don't want nothing to do with God because my husband beats me and he's a Christian she said so I don't want anything to do with God because if God, I, I said, God didn't have anything to do with that. She said, but he allowed it. See, we get over into that, he allowed it. People don't know the cross. People don't know the cross. So they get their eyes and their image on what people do, and they think they have a problem with God. It's people's twisted belief is what they have a problem with. Now, again, I'm not better than other preachers. I'm not holier than anybody else. I make mistakes. Thank God I hadn't gone out on my wife. Amen. 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 See, Jesus didn't carry offense. People that are carrying offense, folks, you've got to get over that. Jesus didn't carry offense to the people that did him wrong. See, here, you know, I've talked about homosexuality and I've talked about adultery and different things here. And, and, and you know, people, we, we, we talk about sin, but one sin's not greater than another sin. What happens is in our mind, we elevate one sin higher than the other sin. Homosexuality is not greater sin than adultery. But see, we elevate it because sin is missing the mark. Sin is doing wrong. So when you look at me today, don't think that I'm up here uh, um, trying to measure this sin against that sin. That's why I'm saying to you, don't be so self-righteous saying, I just do little sins. We don't want to do any. We want to do the best we can. Amen? I'm not trying to point a, a bad image of Christianity. No, we have hope through Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is the Holy Spirit called? Why is the Holy Spirit called holy? Why is the Holy Spirit called holy? Because He's holy. Anybody here? See, Romans 8 and 11 says the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. The same Holy Spirit lives in us is holy. So if He's holy and He lives in us, what should our daily lives look like? 
The same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same Holy Spirit that dwells in Him, if it's in you, the, why is He called holy? Let me be repetitious here and repeat it again. Because He's holy. So the same Holy Spirit that lives in you that raised Christ from the dead, then if He lives in you, what should you look like every day? Okay, thank you. I believe you got the point. Now, notice the scripture didn't say do holy as he is holy. It did not say do holy as he is holy because you can't do holy. I just told you about my mama trying to do holy. And a lot of people tried to do holy and then a lot of people are self-righteous and filled with pride. And think, look at me, I'm a great Christian. Ooh, I'm a great Christian. I don't do what they do. Oh, the Bible said, get the plank out of your eye before yes. you try to get some sawdust out of somebody else's. Yes. You can go ahead and come over here. It'll help me out. It, it won't stop me, but it'll help me out. <laughs> See, you know what happens? The devil sees when you're trying to do holy. Yes, that's right. And he'll say, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Try to be holy. Uh-huh. Try, try to do holy. Uh-huh. I got you and I know I got you, but go ahead and be a hypocrite and try to be holy. See, don't try to be holy. Just live for God. Yes. You live for God, the holiness of God will shine through you because you won't want to do what you used to do. Well, I didn't mean your old flesh won't. Because Paul said, I, sometimes I want to do good, but the other's always there. But he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the Son of God. Amen. Now listen to this in First Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. I know I'm a little uh, uh, more on my time today. And I guess I ought to... I, I, I'm almost concerned about stopping because I, I want this to get out. But he said, Gird up your loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. See, when you have the revelation of Jesus Christ, you can stand up here and talk like I'm talking and not be condemning of anybody. I'm not condemning anybody. And if I've been taken that way today, then somebody is not hearing me correctly. Or if someone is saying I'm not in love and I'm not walking in love, I told you, I treat people nice no matter what kind of sin they're living in. I've gone into prison and preached to murderers. But I never treated those murderers bad or I preached them the love of Jesus and I preached them murders. Yes, I've gone on death row and I preached to priests and prisoners on death row. And I never, I never condemned them for what they did. 
I told them about a Jesus that would save them and deliver them from the wrong they've done. So, he said, Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation. See, grace is brought to you through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so grace doesn't mean, it doesn't, when you got a revelation of Jesus and uh, it means you want to be like Jesus, you, didn't want to, you don't want to continue in the practices of wrong things. The revelation of Jesus, the grace of God wants you not no longer to practice sin. The grace of God says, Paul says, my grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient to keep you out of sin. He'll be, when, when sin is, you know, you know, when some, maybe some guy, when some woman walks by and every part of her body is just accented and, and you know, it looks good. And women look too. You know, it doesn't mean you don't see. doesn't mean you don't see with your eyes. But you've got to have yourself under control. I talked here last week. My wife was preaching this. I, oh, no, I did it Tuesday night. A C&I dog is trained not to chase a cat. But when a cat runs in front of it, you leans into its master. It leans into its master because it wants to go after it. See, when, when, when a man sees a woman and she's accented everywhere and maybe doesn't have a lot of clothes on or whatever, you know, he needs to lean, lean into Jesus. Not be saying, oh, look at that, look at that. Or nudge his wife and say, did you see that, did you see that? As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust. As in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy. You also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. See, when he comes in and you live for him. His holiness keeps you on the right road. He keeps you from doing wrong. Now, before Peter wrote this, he had quite a he had quite an excursion before he wrote these verses and he had been through quite a bit after before he had gone before he wrote these particular words or said these words. He he was in the flesh a lot. He messed up. He denied Christ. He denied Christ. Before he denied Jesus, though one time Jesus was, he, he was saying something to him and Jesus said, Peter said, no, and he said, Jesus said, get behind me. You're talking like man. You're talking like the devil. Shut up, Peter. And then Peter denied Jesus because he got in the flesh. So folks, look at me. Look at me. I'm not preaching down to people. I'm preaching up. We don't need to look down. We need to look up. Peter changed. Peter changed. And he began to talk about how that 
we, we got, he said, you got to fix your mind because he knew he let his mind go wrong. He said, rest hopefully, rest your hope fully in the grace that is brought to you. He had a revelation. He got a revelation of Jesus. And after he had denied Jesus, look at Peter's life and look how he died because of the revelation of Jesus. See, you can't go through this life being religious and just call on Jesus when you need him to have a better day. You and I need a relationship with Him that changes us into a new person. And that new person gives us the actions of Christ. We leave the wrong and turn to the right. Now here's the day we're living in, folks. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Paul describes this day that we live in. Now the Holy Spirit teaches us and tells us clearly that in the last days some will turn away from the true faith. Now notice what it said. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their conscience are dead. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and, and, and I was mentioning someone just, just as I mentioned them, my conscience began to squeeze me a little bit. And I said to that person, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned that person's name. What they do is their business, forgive me. See, you, you, you let a little in a little bit, your conscience goes blank. You let a little more in, your conscience goes a little more blank. You let a little more in, and it's not long till there's nothing wrong. And you can do anything and say, I love God. But what happens, you let your conscience be filled with today's culture. See, just be, let me repeat, just because our politicians and our pastors and churches and, and, and the world has accepted all of the things that men and women living together. You know, Sharon watches uh, this show where um, they, they go in and buy these houses and, or do something to them. I don't know what they do to them. Change them, list them, or sell them, or whatever. And she was watching the other one the other day and, and she told me, she said, these two people are living together, but when they get their house, they're going to get married. I didn't ever read in the Bible, try it and see if you like it. And see, this is culturally okay. Well, I, I'm not mean today. And if you take that, you're, you're not hearing me. What I'm saying is, you and I must set the example, not condemning these people, but shining the light to the people. Is anybody here? See, here it is. The Holy Spirit teaches us that in the last time, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. See, the Bible says in the last days, they'll call good evil and evil good. Many ministers have stooped to the level of the world to be culturally relevant. 
many people have stooped and lowered their standards so that people can come in, live in those lifestyles continually. I, I want people to come in if they're living those lifestyles. I want them to come in. Somebody said, well, preaching this way, they won't. Yes, they will. But you know I don't do this every Sunday. This is just a, uh, this is something God wants me to say to let people know that somehow just because someone else is lowering their standards and stooping to the culture, culture of our day and has accepted the culture of the day, it doesn't mean God's accepted the culture of the day. The Word of God is not changed. See, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And the ministry of reconciliation that God has given us is to bring life and hope to people, not to condemn people. So if you think I'm up here condemning, you're not hearing my heart. I'm only preaching what the Apostle Paul preached. I'm only preaching what Jesus preached. That we're to come out, we're to be different. Oh my goodness, my time. Will I bore you with three more minutes? Is it okay? Go for it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. First John 2.15 Here it is. John the Apostle saying, Do not love the things in the world. If anyone loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If anyone loves the, the, the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So that's what I'm saying to you folks. And then go back to, go back to Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. But go back up. Go back up. To verse 19. See, go back up to verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, and rivalries. Isn't that a big contrast? Isn't that a big contrast? Paul said, here's what the works of the flesh will lead you down to. But love will take you into a total different direction. 
Love will take you into a total different direction. As I try to bring this to a close now, Colossians 1 and 5, 15 says, Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. You want to know what God looks like? We look at Jesus in the scripture. If we want to know what God looks like, all we have to do is look at what Jesus looked like. Hebrews 1 and 13 says, He is the express image of the Father. He's the express image of the Father. That means He was just like God in His deeds, conducts, and actions. Jesus came to reveal the Father so we could know what the Father is like. See, when you have a tax, if you have the revelation of Jesus, you know the Father and you know what to do. You know the scripture in Isaiah 59 and um, I think it's 19. It says, when the enemy comes in, put the comma right there. Put the comma right there. When the enemy comes in. See, we won't want to read it like this. When the enemy comes in like a flood. But I like to put the comment when the enemy comes in. Like a flood, the Holy Ghost will lift up a standard against him. The Holy Ghost will lift up a standard against him. Oh. See, one person with God is a majority. See, sometimes I'm all alone. I'm all alone. I'm all alone. You may be alone in your living, but you're not alone when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you and God are a majority. When Jesus walked in, walked where the, the man with, was filled with legions, He said, why have you come to torment me before time? Why have you come to torment me before time? This, these demons were afraid of Jesus but Jesus wasn't afraid of the demons see if you walking in holiness holiness is, is, is living for God so when you're walking in holiness wherever you go the, de the demons are not fearing you they're fearing the Holy Ghost on the inside of you they're fearing the name of Jesus they're fearing the blood of Jesus so when you walk in holiness you got no right to be cocky you got no right to be self-righteous you got no right to think you're better than anybody else it's the Holy Ghost that's giving you the strength to walk in there because you can't walk in there and be overcomer if it wasn't the Holy Ghost but the Holy Ghost was upon Jesus so when he walked in and legion was there he wasn't afraid of the legions of demons because the Holy Ghost gave him power and he made ham out of them demons I gotta get it it stopped see it's time to get it right and not go along with being reverent. 
And did you know that most young people today don't know there's a right and wrong? They don't know there's a right and wrong. I tell you, my dad and mom would probably go to jail if they were alive in today's culture. Because when I did wrong, my daddy said, go out and y'all don't know where in Texas what this is. But we were from Tennessee. They'd go out and get me a switch. Boy, I mean, whether it was my mama or my daddy, I mean, they hit me with that thing. And they didn't spare it. The Bible said spare the rod and spoil the child. And then sometimes I would go out there and get one that wasn't pleasing and they would use that one and they'd say, now go get one I can whip you with. I didn't get the shoe, but I got daddy's leather, but I got daddy's leather strap. My dad shaved with the leather razor. I mean a straight razor. And he many times I had to hold the other end of that leather strap while he sharpened that razor. I knew how wide that was. And sometimes I got the leather strap. But you see, they would be called a child abuser in today's Today's revelance. And so parents today don't want to give child correction. Tell them to go, get, go, go what, what is it? Take time out. What are they going to take time out doing? I mean, I know I'm, I I'm going to make some people mad, but you know, your, your phone's got an off switch on it, your computer, whatever, and I don't want you to turn me off, but I'll tell you, I'm just, I'm just, I ain't made me a better person. Now, one time, Mama, Mama couldn't get my brother and me stop, stop, we were fighting, and she couldn't stop us. So you know what she did? She started laying hands on you, saying, I rebuke you, Satan. That's right. <laughs> And that one scared the hell out of us. <laughs> I gotta quit. There's no no place to finish. But you see. Once again, I didn't preach this message with pride, self-righteousness, condemnation, but with a heart that hurts because I see the church. You know, someone was living with someone and doing stuff in the church and I found out and I went to him and I said you know living with someone is wrong and you know that and neither one of them were divorced and I didn't know that and I said I love you but if you're going to work in the church you need to be an example of Jesus I said well I don't want you telling me how to live my life I said 
I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. I'm just telling you, you know that's not right. Well, they stayed a little while and they left. I told them with much love as I could possibly tell them. As much love as I could possibly tell them. I didn't want them to leave. I said, you can come to church. But you can't lead in the church if you're living with somebody. Well, we just do it every now and then. Doesn't matter if it's every now and then or if it's every day. And folks, my heart hurts that someone would leave me because I tried to help them. And they would have they go to another place and they're sitting there. It's okay. It's okay because nobody's talking about it and it doesn't make them feel bad. And my intention was not today or any other time to make someone feel bad, but to say either salvation is real and then our lives are changed or this is a bunch of nothing. This is just a bunch of religion. And you know what? This made me want to be faithful to my wife. I mean, I, I, I want to be faithful anyway, but this makes me want to be faithful. <laughs> you got a song you can help me out with. His strength is perfect when I this morning I prayed this morning Lord let me speak your words let me try to finish I mean I'm done but (laughs) message two Jesus didn't say anything 
except what the Father wanted him to say. Jesus didn't do anything except what the Father wanted him to do. Jesus said, I came to do the will of my Father. So I'm not preaching to make someone feel bad. I would never want to make someone feel bad by a message that I preached. Feeling bad isn't the intent. It is preaching the Word of God that brings life. Point out the wrong. Someone must point out the wrong. You know, when our kids were in the wrong, I love my kids. But I never condoned their habits and what they did wrong. I never condoned that. And so today, I want us to raise the standards, whether at work, whether at work, whether at home, with our friends, wherever we are, let's raise the standards and let our prayer be. So as I prayed this morning, when, when I tried to get out of preaching this message that I'd already sent to Cheryl last night, that I did early this week, and I wanted to get out of it, I didn't want to preach it, I was, I was going to just do something really faith and, and just uplifting. And I know, I, I hope this is uplifting. I hope it is, I hope it's uplifting. Because it's not intended to be a downer. But some way and somehow we can't agree and say sin's okay. Well, they, what are you going to do? People, you, people are going to do it anyway. Of course they're going to do it anyway, but you've got to give the Word to bring people to the life of God. And so my intent today my intent today uh, my intent today is to keep the standards held high in my own life. I can't do it in no one else's life. It's not my right. But I, I want you to pray for me that both Pastor Shannon and I come and stand up here with me. That the season in front of us, the season in front of us, because many of the churches today have accepted our culture of today, that we would ever, that we would ever give in and say, that we would ever give in and say, well, we're just going to tone it down. We're going to tone it down. And we're not belittling you or no one else. But I want to raise the standards in our life. You know, it does me good 
when I see her on her iPad, you know, we kind of, I, I, I read this, but I, it's so much easier on my iPad now and I can mark things and do all kinds of things and make notes. And, but I don't ever want to get rid of this. <laughs> but I see her reading in her iPad and in the mornings we read together and when I see her praying and, and sometimes in the night she gets up and, and I may or may not know she got up, but sometimes she said, well, I just couldn't sleep and so I got up and I just went in, in the living room or the kitchen and I, I spent about an hour praying. I mean, it does my heart good. See, let's raise our standards. I, I can't tell you what to do, but we want to raise ours. I don't want to lower ours. I don't want to lower our standards. I want to raise our standards. And it doesn't mean that we don't love people. Say we, that again. It doesn't mean that we don't love people. We love them so much that we don't want them to miss out on heaven. Wow. Well, you know, that I, I, I think, Sharon, I think that's what this is all about this morning. See, people don't believe they go to hell for stuff. That's what, I, I never said that. But when a preacher says, these things won't take you to hell because of the grace of God. Well, the grace of God's got to be changing you from doing those things. That's what the grace of God does. I don't, you know, we've got, we got loved ones and family members and on different sides, you know, that, that's doing things and some in a lifestyle that we don't approve of, but we love those people. And you've always said, you know, not to condemn that we were once lost and it doesn't make us better than them. It just makes us better than we were. Yes, amen. And that's what I try to say. It doesn't make me better than you, but it makes me better than I was when I lived by the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray right now. We just agree right now that people in this room and people that watching around the world on all of our different apps, that somehow in some way people will see my heart. And I don't want people to go to hell. And even though many have Stoop to the level of our culture of today and it's been accepted by the world. You haven't accepted sin into the church and into the kingdom of God. So I pray, Holy Spirit, this will be an eye-opening message that people themselves will want to raise their standards of living for you, not point their finger at others, and neither was I pointing my finger today intentionally at anyone or accusing anyone or condemning anyone. I'm just saying we've got to come back to the altar and live holy as He is holy. Thank you, Jesus, for touching lives. Everybody pray this prayer. Let's pray for people watching that might not be saved, that may have a broken relationship and doing things wrong. 
Lord, I come to you. I give you my life. I want to love you. Not just say I love you. I want to prove my love. I know you love me. Even when I make mistakes. Even when I sin. You give room for me to get it right. Forgive me today for the times I've got it wrong. For the times I've done it wrong. Forgive me today, Lord. And help me to live through you. Through your holiness. Not try to be holy. Help me today, God. To walk by faith. And not by sight. Once again, Lord. Forgive me. As I forgive others. Jesus. I make you Lord of my life today. Amen and amen. Well, I really went over time today and I'm not going to apologize. And I, I trust that you today with your tithe and your offering you will support us and help us. Um, preach this gospel to all the different countries in the world that we're preaching it to today and that you will be supportive and you that are watching by the internet and some of you that have never given or promised you would or said you would help us today because you know our internet situation keeps going up the prices go up we have to buy minutes that I can't explain to you the more minutes people watch us the more it costs us the more we upload the more it costs us and so we have to constantly update equipment and then they have new software that we have to catch up to them and so things are just changing as I said in the cyber world and technology but it costs us when they change and so we want to get the message to you, so do something today. We put the website up there. Do your part and just go to our website, eoglobal.church. More it costs us. And so we have to constantly update equipment, and then they have new software that we have to catch up to them. And so things are just changing, as I said, in the cyber world and technology. But it costs us when they change. And so we want to get the message to you. So do something today. We put the website up there. Do your part and just go to our website, eoglobal.church. Go to our web website, eoglobal.church. And it's so easy to give. It's so easy to give. Thank you for being a part and thank you for um, supporting us and helping us do what we do. And I pray that God's blessings will be on you. Goodbye to you and the internet and y'all have